This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mint Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to Ale and Vale podcast, you can tell that Bez isn't here because I've fucked that off right within the first 10 seconds. Um, he's on an airport run and hasn't made it back. So um, he's not dead or anything. He just hasn't made it back in time. So we're um, joined by Kirst, as we were for the preview. How are you doing, Kirst? All right, Johnny. It's not been the best of weekends. I'm sure we'll get on to it. Felt like yeah. one blow followed by another. Yeah, definitely. And then Bez's standing today is Andy. How are you doing? All right, yeah, there's literally... Nobody else who do it is there. I mean, Bez is waiting in an airport car park somewhere. Steve sounds like um, he's caught his chill um, out at Trenton Gardens last night. Tom's missing, presumed in the pub, and that's about it. Really, it's going to be me, isn't it? So, I was going to say from from the Facebook picture, Tom's asleep in the pub, isn't he? <laughs> and, and I am going to call him out on it as well. He did send in the pod group that he was available to do the preview and review this week because he was only going out Saturday. So unless he hasn't gone gone sleep yet and it's still technically his Saturday, I think somebody was telling Porcupies. So, I think there could be another cat at home when he when he comes back. Also, it was Crocs last time. So God knows. So, let, 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 let's see. I, I, don't, I don't think he'll be naming it after any, veil, any more Vale players anytime soon. So... Let's let's get the, uh, the, the 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 second game out of the way first. Did we all watch the England game? I think all of us, other than Steve, he was at Trentham Gardens. He probably had yeah. the best idea. Well, I, I saw on Facebook someone went to Trafford Centre um, last night, and it was absolutely dead. So, oh, really, I, I yeah. would have gone if I'd known. Um, <laughs> I tried thing isn't it yeah, I went there one night last week and oh god it's 
it's horrendous. Um, no, I, I went around my mate's house. We just um, had a few cans, a few um, snacks, a few Doritos and dips and that. I, I thought it was okay. I mean, England would probably just shaded it, weren't terrible, just didn't really have anything to unlock a, a France defence that weren't going to offer anything or weren't going to give England anything in um get well they weren't really going to let them get behind them were they they were pretty much um just sitting back and saying come on what have you got yeah i found i found it weird i've seen a lot of people saying it's time for him go and such like and i'm not his biggest fan but i thought the one thing you can't label at him which i have done the last couple of tournaments and stuff like that is he's he's negative and defensive and i don't i don't think we were this time um, the the one thing you could probably say is the subs come too late and they were a little scripted. But overall, it's losing to France isn't isn't the worst, is it? it I think there would have been a lot lot more of hell up if it was in Portugal's position. Um, but I thought things were going to go really well. I was at, I was at Bristol Rovers. I said to Goodwin, Morocco will win one 0 We'll beat France four 0 and we'll lose to Morocco in the semis. And then when Morocco won 1-0, I was like, here we go. See, I've told you this. We've got this. But yeah, France one didn't come off, sadly. I think we've all been to Vale games like that as well, where we've been the better side, but we can't quite make something drop. And then they sucker punches. Um, my mate said, this this is the time that France are going to score. This is the time when they'll score against us. I think just about a couple of minutes before they did when Pickford made that save. And yeah, yeah you just got the feeling that they just get something on the counter, they'd sucker punches and, and that'd be that because that is yeah, you probably think your name's on the trophy when you win games in the way they in the way they won it. Don't you? Yeah. If you're French you'd be very happy with how it went. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was it was France's you know I don't look back now and think, well they deserve to win. You know, the, the first half was, well, similar to the Vale, really. It was it was boring. But the second half, I thought England were the better side. Um, I felt a bit, well, I felt really grim after and again this morning, waking up thinking about it because, you know, there's, there's loads of moments you think about. It was sad how it ended. You know, that, the, the, that penalty at that point in the game felt as though it was really deserved and needed um you can blame the ref for a, a lot of things for yesterday's game but you felt like he got that part right and I wasn't confident as he was running up but everything that's happened since you do feel sad um well I do for for Kane and and, I, and how it kind of ended because it didn't feel as though that was how it it should have ended. I don't think we sort of deserve to go out in that way. And I agree with you, Johnny. I'm surprised seeing people saying it's time for Southgate to go after that because I kind of ended it feeling like we probably should have just won. We, we, we were just the better side. So it's funny that people are kind of ending it and, and saying it in that way. But I do think it's divided people. People get very emotional, don't they, when you go out of a, a tournament like that. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's definitely for me. I just think like 
it's hard. You, you look at Harry Kane's probably one of the best strikers in the world, and you 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 put your money on him scoring that penalty every day of the week, wouldn't you? And these things happen to fine margins over the course of it, and it was just unfortunate. Um, but positive is half of that squad are going to be mid twenties come the next World Cup, so it's not like it's not like we've got to rebuild massively. We need to find a goal scorer from somewhere because obviously Kane would be, I think, 33, 34 by that point. So, like, you're probably going to need someone new there. But, yeah. Um, anything else that you'd like to add about the England game before we have to talk about the other one? I guess one of the, the good things that came out of it for the whole tournament for me was, was Jude Bellingham. I feel like he's really won the hearts of the nation for just the, the performance he's put in. I think even how he responded yesterday, I don't know if you heard the the interview with him. This is a 19-year-old lad and he was just so mature. There was no standard answers. He, he was talking from his heart, but everything was very balanced. He was really balanced about his teammates, about the penalty, about the referee. You know, you could tell he was he was cross like Maguire, but he, he didn't sort of let rip in the same way that Maguire did. Um, so, yeah, that feels like a nice positive coming out of it. Yeah, and his little bromance with Henderson seems to um, really helped as well. Right. No, it's them pair have been up, up, up and around each other all, all tournaments. So it's nice to see the older players taking the younger ones. Um, by the scruff of the neck and like helping him out. But then I don't know if you saw the the interview before with Henderson and Henderson said he doesn't feel 32. He, he still thinks he's a kid. So um, don't we all? I yeah. I feel like I'm 10 years younger than I am. And until now, until about half past eight, nine o'clock at night, and then you feel then you feel 10 years older because you're like it's bedtime now. Let me go. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I do sympathise whenever I listen to the pod and I can hear bears. Going on about the time, I do always feel the same. I like an early night. Well, yeah, so let, let's move. Let's move on. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the game yesterday. Let's get it over and done with. Let's make it short, short and um, relatively painless. Uh, but yeah, so obviously with Bez not being here, Andy's going to come in and do the the bits that, that Bez award. Um, he's got my thoughts from beforehand, so we'll start there. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, um, Johnny, you said uh, two o'clock-ish, I'm assuming. This yeah. this 11 is interesting. Willow, Harrison, Politic, front three, question mark. Feels harsh on Massey and Butterworth after Plymouth, but Harrison wins his headers and these are decent in the air. Hall's last chance needs a very good game for me. For me. And, and that's it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the... I think Steve put in the group chat as well. It's bold to change a winning team after you've just won away at top of the league. And in hindsight, it hasn't worked. But, I mean, we don't have the benefit of hindsight, which is why we're reading out your thoughts pretty much. So do you stand by that? Or, or how, it, how did it change now that you've watched it? I think I stand by it. I think... I've... The the massive the Massey and Butterworth thing was kind of kind of compounded by the fact that Willow started on the wing and was pretty ineffective over the course of ninety minutes. 
there was two bits of magic, which obviously one that you you've reminded us of um, in the group chat this evening. But there was that and the the through ball. But Willow's done his best work in the last two or three games down the centre, and it just felt it felt a little bit odd watching the game. And yeah, I just I don't know. I just I'm I'm not a big lover of the three four three anyway, but it worked against Plymouth, so I'd happily give it the chance. But yeah, yeah, not. I was wondering whether we'd maybe switch it to a three-five-two, particularly last ten, fifteen minutes when we just we'd we'd made the changes and we were looking a bit weaker up top, and maybe we just needed a bit more insurance to make sure we got the point and we didn't lose the game. Uh, that that's the big thing. You talk about plan changes in the England side. You know, we we've got some plan changes at, at Vale as well yesterday because um, Harrison was never going to play the full ninety coming back from injury. Wilson rarely plays a full 90 anyway. So as soon as those changes were made, we haven't really got the same quality off the bench. I know, I know we've got Butterworth who, who can come on, but he's not really affecting the game at the very top of the pitch, is he? You know, he's not playing with his back to goal. And that's just where we maybe looked weaker. Once, once, um, once Harrison and Wilson went off, you felt that there wasn't really anywhere that a goal was coming from. No, and that was it. And I think it was compounded by the fact that the last 10 minutes, Nathan Smith ended up up front and that. I got the idea, but we never actually played to Nathan Smith's strengths. Like if you're putting a centre-half up, up front, you, you you should be lumping it really, shouldn't you? Like playing, playing, playing it up in the air to him and getting everyone around him. But we, we still kind of stuck to, stuck to the original plan of, work it into the space rather than play it in and it kind of just didn't feel like Nate did anything up there and that's no detriment to him he's centre off at the end of the day but yeah it was just it was frustrating and obviously it did feel by... like we surprised them though first 15-20 minutes they looked like they weren't expecting us to set up like that and we were getting a lot of the ball a lot of joy and as soon as they adjusted and, and settled, the game settled and, and they sort of got to grips with us, then we we found it a lot harder to to, to make many clear-cut chances. Yeah, it, it definitely. I, I, you, you ride your luck sometimes, and they definitely did. We should have we should have scored two. We should have scored two. Pro, probably three or four in that first 15, 15 minutes. And I think if we would have gone in half-time half 2-3-0 up, no one could have complained. But as soon as we didn't, and I think the Harrison chance was massive. As soon as, as soon as you miss that, it's kind of like you know that that sucker punch is coming at some point. It just took another seventy-five minutes for him to realise that we can't save shots from outside the area. So, yeah, yeah, that's well, another thing that we're obviously going to come to is, and it's another goal from outside the area, albeit only just, I think. Yeah, only probably only just, but still, like, it's still another one, and it's it's becoming a bit more than a uh, running joke, really. But yeah, yeah. Should we get into it then, or anything else before we kick off and and look at the um, well, the play reviews? I don't really know. I I don't know what I'm doing here. You 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 tell me, Johnny. Like I say, I think, I think like I say, one, one, nil, one nil defeat 
stats wise. Oh yeah, the stats we do that, don't we? Yeah, it isn't pretty reading when you look at them. That they, they, they had a lot of the ball, but again, it was possession for possession's sake. Um, they had ten shots, we had seven. They had four on target, we had two, and I'm pretty certain we had more than two on target. But um, who knows? Um, well, there was Conlon and Harrison, and then there was. I mean, they they were the main two, weren't they? Yeah, and politics one was on target, surely. Was it blocked, though, rather than it forced to save? I don't, don't know if blocked shots count. Uh, yeah, well, it does say two blocked shots as well, so that may be where right. that thing. What was interesting was four offsides to their one. I think the liner only got one of them fucking right as well. Sure. Well, their fans were screaming for offside several times in the first half. I was, I was watching the feed rather yeah. than being at the game, and, and every time it went down... Um, Warrell side, um, we couldn't really see from the camera angle, and also because the camera's panning, you, you could just hear a, a load of Bear fans screaming at the liner. Yeah, there was one in the first half where he flagged offside, and I asked in the group because I was convinced he was onside. So I, I asked you guys in the group, and you were like, Well, it, it, you thought he was on, so it's just it's frustrating that sort of thing is, but yeah. That's that, that's the tail of the tape sort of thing. So let's get into the players. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say quickly about the possession. I mean, a lot of it was them knocking the ball between their two centre-halves and the keeper. I think they were tempting us to try and uh, to press them. I think they wanted us to press. So their game plan was to sort of beat the press, go over the top um, when, and take a couple of plays out of the game. And we wouldn't bite. We wouldn't um, rise to their bait. So uh, I think we were just sitting in refusing to to um to play the way that they were trying to tempt us into playing so i think when you were saying at the game there were a lot of people moaning that we should have been pressing more yeah there was there was there was people there was people nearby tom saying like why aren't why aren't we pressing pressing them closing them down more but i i agree they got collins and then is he um i got the other strike and the number 40 that's about Coburn. 60 yeah, that's them. That's the lad who was having a running battle with uh, Dan Jones all game. Yeah, like they have them pair up front, so you know that you know that their idea is get it into them as quick as possible and get everyone around them. And like like you said, I don't think we rose to that base. So game plan wise, like that, we actually did well, but a few players just didn't show up for ninety minutes, and I think that's what kind of kind of ultimately. Did as anything we were our own worst enemy rather than Bristol Rovers deserving to win. Yeah, Bristol Rovers didn't deserve to win. I think a point each would have been pretty fair. It was such a scrappy game. I feel like I can hear it a bit in both of your voices, but I don't know whether I felt even more so like, especially the first half, I was really, really bored. And Andy's just said about them passing it across the back. I think at half-time, the possession was even worse against us than it was at full-time. And it made it, if someone had just seen the possession stats, they'd have thought that Bristol Rovers had been all over us. But it didn't feel like that. It did feel, I, I did think they were marginally the better side in the first half. They, they passed quickly, um, but it was mainly across the back. Um, and the second half, I thought Vale were the better side. Um, I thought we were unlucky to, to not come away with anything at all. 
but overall a pretty disappointing game with mistakes from both sides I think both sides looked poor and it was interesting because before the game I was kind of optimistic about Vale where Vale were I felt like this could have been our our game to get us into a playoff spot and that gap between us and Bristol Rovers would have really widened and actually are we now just one one place above them I think yeah we're one place and one point above them after playing the same games yeah it just looked worlds apart from the game the Friday before yeah and on that though like I, I said one of the kind of old football cliches I said, I said if you were offered me three points from these next two games you would have bit your hand, bit someone's hand off at it wouldn't you but because we went and beat, beat Plymouth you kind of put more pressure on it as a football fan thinking well I would have I would have expected at least a point against Bristol Rovers and yeah I just wonder if we sometimes like lots of clubs just rise for those bigger games you know it does look as though we've done that a bit more and I can understand it I can understand why everybody would would feel like that um I know we'll give a rating for, for Clark later I was also surprised at the changes not Harrison coming in I sort of think if, you know, obviously there's just been silence of Harrison since his injury. But at the point where he is fit, I would expect him to be back in the side. But I think to have dropped Butterworth or Politic in, I was confused by that really, especially after his game against Argyle. And yeah. the three subs, I think Butterworth was the only one that looked in any way exciting yeah it was much of a muchness with the couple of them wasn't like the Dan Jones one was enforced and yeah it was it was an odd watch really from inside the ground it was fucking freezing as well <laughs> wasn't happy and for the first 20 minutes the bloody winter sun was glaring in my eyes as well so so we've had that a few times this season Derby um, the sun was in a rise all game. Oxford, um, yeah, the sun was terrible. It triggered a cold sore for me. It was that bad. Um, it's just one of these things, isn't it? We just seem to be cursed by low winter sun. Yeah, Phil Bowers yeah. was talking about it because I think his commentary position's up in that stand opposite the uh, opposite the camera angle. All oh, right, okay. So yeah, he, he was him and Adam Yates were getting. Annoyed by the sun as well. So, should we get into it or um, anything yeah. more to add before we get into the player ratings? Yeah, let's get into it. I, 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 can, I can have my moan when, when it comes to player ratings. All right, so I'll start with you, Johnny. So, in goal, Jack Stevens. Five for Jack, I think. Uh, we seem to want to time waste from the beginning. And I don't know why. I don't, I don't get, I don't know if it was trying frustrate them into doing something stupid or whatnot but feel he should have saved it I really feel he should have saved the goal and I also think that like his kicking was poor again and there was a couple of times where him and Dan Jones were trying bits and pieces and it just wasn't coming off and it's just a worry the, the goalkeeper situation still I think we're still a bit unsure about what's going to happen with him, but 
I don't know. I just, I was beginning, to, I was growing to like him over the last couple of weeks, but he just seemed to have reverted to type, shall we say. Could he have done better with the goal? I think so. I really think so. I think, and we, we obviously, I was on the side, so, and I've not, I, I won't, I won't watch it back until we actually, after this, because I like, I like sticking with the sort of opinion that I've got. Um, I'm happy to go back and look at it, obviously. But yeah, I, th- I think he should have done better. He really should have done better. I think the way he falls tends to suggest he was wrong footed. I don't know if Collins gives him the eyes, shapes to go one corner and sort of pulls it into the near side. So it might have just been that he was completely wrong footed. He might have even been unsighted. I think there were players in front of it. So it's, I don't know, it just feels like it might be a bit harsh. Um, you know, goalkeepers union for somebody who was a very shit five side keeper to uh, to try and sort of go on the side of the keeper with that. But I don't know. You made one brilliant save um, in a one on one a few minutes before that, where he just gets his hand up and flicks it away. That was brilliant. Yeah, he did make. He made a few good saves. The main issue I thought was his his distribution. There was a few times where. It was being passed across the back again, which we've done recently, haven't we, in the, the last few games? I remember Johnny referring to him as almost like a a fourth centre-half. Um, and some of that was happening. And then some of his, his passing, they were just intercepting. And then we were back on, you know, they were back on the attack again. It just That just wasn't really good enough. And I noticed Jones was taking a few goal kicks. We'll get on to him. <laughs> later but they weren't they weren't even well I would have preferred Stevens to have taken them so yeah his his kicking was a bit suspect really yesterday but he did make a few good saves I mean I'm so I've I've seen people saying he should have done better for for the goal you can't yeah I mean he he went the right obviously he, he wasn't a million miles off it um but I definitely wouldn't lay blame with him for the goal. Okay. Um, right. Well, moving on from Jack Stevens, uh, right back, right side, right side of the three centre backs, Nathan Smith and Kirst. Come to you first for this one. Yeah. Uh, if the three, and this might, I, I don't know how people feel about this because I've seen so many mixed responses. Um, but of the three, I, I thought Smithy was the the most solid yesterday. Um, didn't notice him loads, but I think I think he was there picking up others' mistakes at times. Um, so yeah, a good solid Smith performance, but nothing to kind of write home about. I have seen some people saying that they thought we defended quite well. Um, I thought we looked a bit erratic across the back yesterday, um, but I, I I wouldn't really put Smith in that category. Yeah, sorry, I was on I've, mute then. Sorry, um, Johnny. Yeah, sure. I, I've I've got to agree with that, Kirst. I think Smithy was standard Nathan Smith. He won his headers, he won his battles. He didn't do anything extravagant, but he he was good. He he was decent. He gets. Gets six, six for me. Um, 
he did everything he needed to and <laughs> did look the best of the back three. The other two were a bit suspect at times. Um, but yeah, it was just a Nathan Smith performance and him going up front for the last 10 minutes, like I mentioned earlier, just didn't. I'm not. I'm not going to knock him for that because he's not. He's a not a striker, and b we didn't bother doing what you probably should do when you put one up there. If you're going to try play football, tempt you put Connor all up there instead. Um, because I'd I'd be expecting just launch it re- realistically. But yeah, all right, Smith performance. Not nothing too too bad. Nothing nothing spectacularly good either. So. Can't can't moan him out. Can't moan Smithy. Fair enough. Um, I'll stick with uh, stick with you, Johnny, for um, Dan Jones, who had a, a busy afternoon um, man marking their ladder, uh, Coburn. I'm interested yeah. in this. <laughs> for for Jonesy, I think it was a game of three thirds because he started and he was absolutely disastrous. I thought this has got this this has got Newport away written all over it last season where he ended up getting himself sent off because he didn't win any of his headers for the first 10, 15 minutes. He he let, was letting things bounce. He then took that goal kick where we tried the thing we tried against Plymouth where he pretty much cleared the, the whole length of the pitch against Plymouth. Whereas this time he P rolled it to their to their lads. He I don't know if it was I don't know if it's a victim of overconfidence because of how he's been playing and the fact that everybody's been saying how good he is and he obviously knows that he's been playing well. Or if it was just a genuine off day because Jonesy just wasn't the Dan Jones we've seen recently. Um, middle, probably 40 minutes, he was all right. He got back to it. He, he, he stood off there, big lad, a bit let him do what he needed to, got got the ball down, played a bit more football. So that was nice. But then just before he's he went off injured, he he, he came a bit erratic again. And yeah, he just it's a, a four from Jonesy. It was it was a poor performance overall. And on another day could have cost two 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 goals. Hmm. He was poor. I know right at the beginning, Andy, you put in the chat, Jones needs to calm down. And it, it sort of took the words out of my mouth. He did need to calm down. He was he was all over Coburn, which at times probably worked in our favour because the ref never picked it up, which I was surprised about. I did think, you know, on ref watch that there was a few times um, he should have been pulled up on how he was. He was tugging at his shirt. But in for us now, in hindsight, in hindsight, you sort of think, well, it's not too bad. I do wonder if he was still on the pitch, if we would have conceded in the way that that we did. Um, but it was a poor game. You compare it to Plymouth Argyle, you know, seven, eight days before. And he was absolutely outstanding. His passing was, was immense. And then you think of how he was yesterday. He, that, that goal kick you spoke about put us under pressure. There was a few times he did lose his man and he put Stevens under pressure too. There was there was one, I think it was in the start of the second half, there was a little through ball for Coburn and and he just went straight past Jones. Jones was nowhere to be seen. It forced Stevens off his line and to come out and luckily it led to nothing. 
Um, but yeah, really, really poor game from Jones yesterday. Disappointing. It, it was a weird one with Dan Jones. I thought there's quite a lot to unpack. I thought he started off playing like someone who had a bit too much sugar. He was sort of charging around doing the odd daft thing. The back pass was crazy. Um, the goal kick was like a, a pub team goal kick on a Sunday. And then, but then when the game settled into a bit of a pattern, he was, he was man marking um, Coburn. And I assume that's because Smith was marking um, the other lad, Collins. So, you know, somebody's got to pick up both. We're playing against a team with a front two, two sort of decent strikers. And we saw a side to his game that we haven't really seen before. You know, he's playing against a, a big physical striker. The referee's letting a lot go. There's a lot of um, six or one, half a dozen of the other um, grappling, shirt pulling, whatever. And that, you know, you wouldn't really have Dan Jones as, down as someone who could probably do that sort of marking job. And I thought in that sense, he, he stuck to his task well and he, he did a decent job of... Um, you know, he wasn't bullied. He wasn't um, dictated to too much. He, he he stuck in there and and did his job well. And you know, and, and yeah, it's chaos theory. If um, if he stays on the pitch, um, the the sequence of events doesn't happen when because Forrester um, doesn't get um, caught under the ball and and uh, pushed the way he did. But I don't know. He was it was just a mixed bag. It, it's hard to really. Give him. I, I thought maybe the score's a bit low, but it was just a, it was just a strange afternoon for Dan Jones. Yeah, I think I think something that compounded the score for me was in the second half where he's, he's goal side of his man showing him outside, and then all of a sudden he decides, "Fuck it, I'm going to rugby tackle him and give away the free kick on the edge of the area." That just it, mm. it was definitely decisions that he made, which made it harder for me to think he's he's had a, he's had anything more than. A bad game, really. Um, it's just, it's just, it was just an horrible game to watch from inside the ground. It was horrible. Right. Um, moving on. Connor Hall, Kirsty, you're up next. Um, what do you make of um, Connor Hall? Yeah, he was all right. Um, there was a few poor passes from him, but he definitely, definitely wasn't on his own. I felt as though he was desperate for us to to get forward. He probably heard the guy behind Tom shouting press all game. I did really think he he wanted us to get forward and I don't think he had lots of help from Benning yesterday with that. So he did take it upon himself a few times to push forward. There was one time in the, the second half and he really went for it, but then looked a little bit sort of lost. But there was other times where he put in a, a few crosses um, I think there was two, two I can think of. Nothing really kind of came from it. Um, uh, and there was there was one, I felt like we saw in, in one spell near the end of the, the game where he looked like Connor Hall of the past, um, where he knocked it out to them. Their man was running on to him and he knocked it out and he just looked solid like he did at the end of last season when you just knew if anyone was running at him, he'd just time his tackle really well. And they'd never, you know, he'd never concede a foul and he'd, he'd just get the ball and that's all he'd get. And and 
we saw a little bit of that right, you know, near the end of the game. So, yeah, he he was okay. Um, some poor poor passing, but I think overall he was okay. Johnny, you said before the game, and I quote: "Hall's last chance needs a very good game for me." What did you make of him? I don't think he had a very good game, but I also don't think he. I think that the fact that Jonesy had a terrible game, kind of, and um, and Forrester didn't come on and cover himself in glory either, kind of makes the decision a bit of a different one for next week. But I think overall, like Kirsch said, he he grew into it. He, he looked pretty solid. He couple couple of times he he gave the ball away, but his centre half at the end of the day, it's going to happen sometimes. And as long as they're not in areas in and around your penalty area that might cost you you don't mind if he's trying to go forward and push you on so steady enough game I think six feels right for him there was there was one there was one time I think in the first, second half where he dallied a bit on the ball and gave it away but other than that he, he got himself back most of the time and I just yeah, it's just, the 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 back threes now causing me stress when it wasn't a week ago. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, the back threes causing me a stress that it wasn't a week ago, and it, it it just seems like we 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 almost feel like we solve a problem and then we create a different one in the next game. And I thought after the two back to back games where we kept the same eleven and. Stuff like that. I thought it might be the start of a Daryl Clark revolution. Of I found the team that's that's going to play until until I need to change it. But then his idea was he needed to change it against Bristol. So who knows now? Yeah, um, can't really argue with any of that. Hall solid enough. You know, didn't notice him do anything terrible you would have noticed if he'd made any sort of massive mistakes you know it didn't stick out like a sore thumb at all um stick with you johnny because next um david worrell the shining light and what was a utterly dreadful game realistically was dave worrell he's my man of the match hands down he he was up and down he was he created a couple of half chances he he defended like an absolute trooper against gordon who was pushing a lot, especially in the second half. He he was talkative. He was him and Smithy were communicating all the time, making sure that one of them picked up the right person and the other one was covering. He was just excellent defensively. He was let down a little bit by the offensive side, but I think because we went three four three, his job isn't necessarily to be as creative as it is when he's a full-on wing-back and we haven't got the additional winger. Um, but yeah, he's just, they, he was just Dave Worrell that we know and love. Big, big strong performance from Dave. and um, An 8 out of 10 for me. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Kirsty, anything to add on David Worrell? Yeah, big words from Johnny there. Until Johnny said he was his man of the match, I realised I'd not even thought in advance who my man of the match was going to be. Um, I don't know if it would be was. I feel like I need a few more minutes to think about it. He worked hard. He was all over the show. 
Um, and I do think he worked hard defensively. There was there was stuff that happened that perhaps would go a little bit unnoticed, and I think he was overlapping quite a lot. I know you mentioned he worked well there with Smithy Johnny, um, but I also thought he worked quite well with Willow. Um, he was relatively quiet, but at times where Willow was in it, when he did have the ball, it was always him and was some tight little you know passes between each other. Um, and I do think part of the issue with was not not getting forward is because where Willow was being played, which doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, sort of suit us. Um, but yeah, yeah, good game from was. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, it wasn't really a game where anyone stands out like a man of the match, but um, certainly in, in the way that you expect a you know man of the match performance to be like, but. Worrell probably through it was quite a disciplined display, I think if you had to use a word to describe it, just the way he stuck to his task and, and made sure that he wasn't going to get caught down down his side or by a, a ball round the back. So um my man of the match as well. Um I'll stick with you, Kirsty, next, because on the other side, left wing back was uh, Sir Mel Benning. <laughs> I don't even feel like I've got lots to say about Benning. I think particularly the first half, I think a lot of the midfield was was quite anonymous and, and I'd put Benning probably high up there. I think he, we saw more of him in the second half like we did um, the, the, the two alongside him. Um, but I... I don't, you know, I think of Walsall last season away <laughs> and, and you know, I don't want to kind of bring back those haunting memories. That was where he had a really, really poor game. There was lots of mistakes and, and I can't say that for yesterday at all. It was just, I didn't see much of him. It didn't feel like he was, he was really that involved, but I wouldn't put him on his own with that. I think we could say the same for, for the midfield in the first half. Fair, fair comments, um, Johnny. Mal Benning. I just one one of the things that really stuck out about me, and it's not really about his performance. It's about the intelligence of of our squad at times. Got he's got two fingers strapped up. It looks like he's broken, and we're letting him take throw-ins. Like he, he couldn't bend his hands. Like I just. I, 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 that that baffled me because they, they were just being looped because of how he was holding the ball and you just sometimes think someone needed to take a bit of initiative and just say like we're shit at throw-ins anyway we 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 never we never move for for players so it doesn't doesn't really surprise me but um on his performance as a whole yeah Kirst, I think defensively he was he was solid but the things that you like seeing Mal do is similar to obviously like we like seeing was doing that's driving forward, picking it up, running with it, beating your man, being having having that sort of courage, and we just seemed very much like the wing backs were wing backs that were told to sit, and the wingers were the ones that were supposed to make make something happen, and it just made Benning's performance seem a bit. Just average, really. So yeah, six. He didn't, he didn't put a foot wrong, but he didn't do anything that make, makes you think, "Wow, that's 
that's the Malbenning we, we know and love. Yeah, it's it, it did seem like the game was passing him by from from the stream, which I know it's not going to be the same in the ground, but it just felt as though, I don't know, I'd, I mean, I was watching, but I wasn't really watching because I didn't think I'd be on tonight. So um, I wasn't really sort of analysing or, or taking too many notes. And it's like just trying to think back to what Mal Benning did. And it was hard to really sort of find anything to say about him, really. If So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a strange one. And he probably never lived that Walsall away game down, will he, from last season, despite despite everything that happened since, you know. Poor Benning. I do want to say, I do love him. He is great. And I think of him like in, in the final last season, you know, that goal he scored and everything about it. And how, you know, how chuffed he was after. I do love him. I just don't think yesterday was his game. Yeah, and I was watching his penalty in the shootout a bit earlier today. I, I like to just stick that on and just cheer myself up sometimes. Just Just get it on YouTube and and uh, think back. Anyway, um, let's get into the midfield. Um, Johnny, um, how do you fancy talking about Tom Conlon? Uh, do we have to? Yes, you do. Um, okay. Um, I'd started liking Tom Conlon recently. Like, I thought him sitting deeper, working with Garrity, was, was, was actually starting to work. And then he annoyed the shit out of me for getting the ball on his left foot against Plymouth and not hitting it. And he's, he's done it again. Like, he worked the ball onto his left, 20, 25 yards out it looked from, he was down the other end from, from me in the second half. And he just decided, nah, I didn't fancy pulling the trigger. And it's just so frustrating. He, as a centre midfielder, I thought he was all right. I thought, he did. He got he got up and down well, but at times we there was a couple of times in the first half, especially that we caved to try the press, and then him he went one time and Garrity went the next time, and we just left a fucking huge hole behind us. Who and which they did they exploit and like Andy, like you said earlier, I think that was their game plan was force us out and see what they can find in there between their two two lads up top and the, the midfielders. But yeah, Colin was just he was he just felt a bit there and I don't know, I'm just I, I, I still think we need one, maybe two midfielders in January, but it's it's hard. He's club captain, isn't it? And it doesn't doesn't look like that that position of his is changing anytime soon. I think that's a bit harsh on Conlon. I thought he was all right yesterday. At, at half time, I didn't think much of, of of him or any of the midfield. I've said it about four times now. But at the end of the game, I think well, our best chance was was his shot that was saved, right? You know, right at the end. But I also thought in that second half he came out fighting. I thought we looked like a, a different side. It was as though he was at the heart of, of, of a different response at half-time, whatever Clark he had said, it really felt as though he was leading with that, as, a, as you'd expect a captain to. He was much, much more involved. Um, and, and he was... 
it felt as though he, he was doing I mean he talks a lot anyway doesn't he but it did feel as though he was trying to get people around him in in the right places he just saw a lot more of the ball and he made more of it in the second half that was why I saw it <laughs> what do you reckon I, Andy? I don't know I, I there were times when there were, there were times this season when I thought Tom Conlon's sort of it's all clicking into place for him and then there are days when it feels like he's still a bit of a yard too slow for League One and I don't know I, I, I he was always a bit of a mixed bag when we first signed him for about two or three years and then it was only really just when the season got curtailed by the pandemic that he actually looked like he'd, he'd clicked and he'd worked on the weaknesses in his game and he finally felt like he was a like a, a boss in it in League Two so I don't know if that will ever come now in in League One, whether he'll he'll step up and he'll become the same sort of midfielder that he became in League Two, I I don't know. Um, he's 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 a bit of a mixed bag, bit of a curate's egg for me still. Um, he maybe could have picked his spot on his stronger foot. Could he have bent it a little bit round the keeper into the top cornerish? Am I being a bit too um, harsh for that one? It seemed like he. he Gave the keeper a bit of a sight of it, and he went for power rather than accuracy with his big chance. Um, I I don't know. I, I I really can't sort of put my finger on Tom Conlon. Just that sometimes the the ball seems to get lost very cheaply when when he has it. Am I being unfair? I I don't think you are. I I. I think that's how I, I I've seen him, especially against them on on Saturday. I just think that like that he, playing deeper against Plymouth with Garrity and and against Charlton, it looked like it started clicking. It's it looked like they'd started a good partnership, and they kind of knew what they were both strong at, and they both weak like weak at, and they they almost become the perfect midfielder between the two of them. Like Garrity would go and win his battles, be strong, be ratty. Conlon was getting on the ball, playing the simple passes and letting the, the more attacking players get involved about it. But yesterday, for me, it just reverted to early season Conlon Garrity, where they were just a bit scrappy and a bit messy. And Garrity worked his arse off, as we'll get on to in a minute. But yeah, it was just, it, it was hard watch. Yeah, and um, that's probably a good cue to. Um move on to Ben Garrity. So, Kirst, it's your turn. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't think it was Garrity's best game, but was it anyone's? Probably not. Um, <clears throat> I did kind of wonder, as the game was going on, if if he was going to bring Garrity off, bring Pet on, or maybe bring Pet on for someone else, but Garrity seemed like the most obvious person um, and player for me. He he was more involved again in the second half. He had that shot right at the start of the second half and he he, he just shot wide. But there was a there was one, I think there was one cross he put in for Harrison and it was just it it was poor. It was just so so poor. Um and he was he was involved in a lot. Um, and you can't question his work rate, you never can, and you couldn't yesterday, but there was not much coming from it. I don't feel like 
you sort of felt that his presence was really adding lots to what we were trying to do. So, yeah, not not a great game for Garrity and what was an overall pretty poor game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, to be, to, it felt like he was working hard with little end product, really. Johnny, what did you make of him? Yeah, I think that sums it up nice. I think he, he worked his arse off. Like I say he was he was ratty, he was he was pouring himself about, but there was just little little anything else from him. And we we obviously we we know Garrett Garrett's best when he's either surging into the box or he's got he's got people around him who are trying to go forward and he he, he wants to break up the play. And because of the way they were playing, he, he did feel like a couple of times where he fancied light starting the press, but then, then he'd, go, he'd be left on his own to go and do it. And it was just a bit frustrating from the from the pair of them, really. But, yeah, just just as I was starting to get used to them together, it, the Bristol Rovers happens. So we'll see if it was just an off day. Yeah, um, fair enough. Um, should we move on to the front three, or I think we've boxed the midfield off, haven't we now? So, um, I think, sorry, I was just about to say I, th- I think we have. I think they're the the hardworking but pretty ineffective kind of sums up the the midfield. Yeah, I was thinking, do we need to freshen it up? Does, does Tom Pat need to come on? Um, we'll probably cover that when we do the subs at the end, maybe. Um, but as for the front three, um, I don't know. Do we want to start right to left? Because I was trying to sort of work out who was right of the three. Was it Harrison? No, Willow, Willow started on the right from in of, the it, Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was... I know Dennis was on the, the left pretty much, yeah. but Harrison and Wilson seemed to sort of interchange. So Johnny, do you want to do Harrison first or have you got any preference who you want to go with? No, we'll go with Harrison first. Yeah. I thought he was garbage. Like, he just... Alice Harrison, we, 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 we've not had negative words say about him all season because he works hard for us. He's, he's scored some really good goals. He's got himself in positions and he, he he's been really good. He got himself in one position and he feathered it into the keeper and then apart from that he, he looked majorly unfit so whether the whether the sports science guys have seen that he's fit but he doesn't feel it or whether he said no no I'm fine and he's obviously not I don't know but it just it wasn't it wasn't it felt like the do you know when Clark he was talking about Alice Harrison that he had at Bristol Rovers where he fucked him off on loan because he wasn't he wasn't pulling his weight and stuff like that. It, it, it felt a bit a bit like that Alice Harrison. Whereas for me, since we've signed him, we've only had the good Alice Harrison, and there's obviously a reason why he, he was at Fleetwood last season. We know that, but yeah, it was just it was a bad day at the office for him. Yeah, it it was. Although he started so well, he looked so dangerous. I, I was so up for it for him, you know, him, him going back there, playing 
who we used to play for. And I think the opening 15 minutes, Bristol Rovers supporters would have been sat there thinking, wow, he's going to batter us today <laughs> because he was involved in everything. And that was when we... We started really well in those 10 or 15 minutes and Harrison was in involved in all of it. He had that shot that was just pushed wide by the keeper. Um, I think we had a corner early doors as well. He, he rose from that like he always does. Headed it on to Wilson, um, who, who, who didn't make enough of it. But they, all those chances Harrison was involved in and then it was as though as the game went on, he kind of got he got worse and worse, and I don't know if that was partly because he, he there was nothing being delivered to him, and and whether it was partly because, as you say, he was out of fitness and he, and he was sort of struggling, and it got to the point where it looked as though it was crampied guy. He was really struggling, wasn't he, when he when he came off? Um, but just just before half time, it, it it felt as though he'd sort of lost his his mojo from how he started, but. Can you blame him in a way? He's been out, hasn't he, for a few games? Um, and he's kind of coming back into things. Maybe we should have subbed him a bit earlier. Um, but it's easy to say that now. But, yeah, I think as the game went on, it become more frustrating with him. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's a, it's a big call to bring him back in from the start when... The front two had a very good game against Plymouth, uh, Massey and Wilson. So to sort of upset that and and bring him, I know you know one of the things is probably a factor is that he's going back to his old club, and perhaps you know you factor that in, and there's a, there's a good chance he might um, get another few percent out of him that you wouldn't have got if it had just been any other game for him. But considering he's not really going to play all 90 do you start him and will if Wilson isn't going to play 90 either you, you want to at least have a plan change that keeps um at least one of your best strikers on the pitch at, at any given time of the game and you know given how weak we looked when when both of them came off there's an argument that Harrison should have maybe coming back from injury should have started on the bench and um, one thing the last time I saw Harrison in playing live was away at Oxford and he's he, he looked like he got a bit of a strop on him. He, he looked like he was getting moody and getting more and more frustrated as the game went on. And it culminated with him getting the booking and the suspension when he did a, a daft foul and um, got his yellow, fifth yellow card of the season. It it seems like he, his head can drop when things aren't going his way. And I don't know, maybe now, you know, we signed him and he straight away had a very good run of goal-scoring form. Are we now seeing maybe it's starting to not go for him and we're seeing a different side to him? Um, yeah, aside from the chance he had early on, he had that one where he sort of really just sort of came to him on the, well, the far side compared to where the away fans are at, where he just sort of, sliced it badly wide yeah. and yeah it just is his, his shoulders did seem to drop a little bit and I don't, I don't know he would have been a he would have been a very good impact sub to have had if we 
played a similar front two or front three to last week. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think you're spot on. I think when when both of them aren't fully fit, then manage them in the way that you've got one of your best two on at all times. Um, but I really do think system is massive with both both of them, and they, they're both better in a two than they are on their own and Willow on. Willow out on the right or Harrison having to do a bit of that donkey work out there. So hey, system dictates with them pair a lot more than it does with anyone else. Yeah. I will say I agree with Kirsty though. The first 10, 15 minutes, it looked as though he was he was at it, he was um motivated, he was up for it. And yeah, it just sort of tailed off after that, really. I mean the, the first quarter of an hour just was completely different to the rest of the game. Uh, right, Kirsty, your turn now. Um, let's go for James Wilson. Yeah, so Wilson, <clears throat> I thought he looked good when he had the ball, but he didn't have much of it. I know you've shared in the chat that moment of brilliance. I think it was just before the end of the first half. Um, and this is one of those moments when we, we see it often, don't we, with Wilson, where he, he just looks a class above our league. Um, and it was where he touches the ball, he turns, and within a split second, he's just sprayed it out beautifully right for Waz to run onto. And then he puts in a um, puts in a cross. I heard on what you sent over, Andy, that it was with the Radio Stoke commentary and year Phil Bow was saying, and Wilson like Gaza in Euro 96, and you know exactly what he means, you can see it. And and he does show that little bit of brilliance. But I think aside from that, I just don't think he's in the right place. I didn't think he was in the right place yesterday. Um he's he is he's a good goal scorer, isn't he, Wilson? But he's he, He's not in the right position to to get on the end of anything where he's playing. He, he was trying to create because we didn't have we didn't have that creativity, and so I think he was pulling back for that. As was politic, to be fair, um, and so that just meant he wasn't in the best position when it, when he's that kind of guy on it, almost on his own up front. That's when you see him scoring. And that's what happened last week. And so to kind of pull him back felt a bit a bit criminal, really, to me. What what did you think, Johnny? I agree. I think he, James Wilson has got to start central for me. I think he's shown enough last season that, that said when he starts central, he can score goals. He's, he is a touch of class. And he will drop in that little hole anyway and help out coming backwards when he's central. So it's not like you, you're you not losing anything there. His through ball for Harrison's chance was wonderful. That turn was brilliant. It was, but it was few and far between. And I think that was the, the same with the whole of the, 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 the team going forward, really, that the moments of magic were few and far between. And I don't know if confidence was knocked for not scoring one of the early ones, but, James Wilson has got to play centrally for me, whether it's the the one on his own or as part of a two, he has got to play centrally. So we 
it kind of feels last season at Colchester away when we were talking about no, Harrogate away, sorry, it was not Colchester. When we were saying that you've got Dave Worrell sat on the bench when we were playing a 3 4 3 to accommodate Joel Joel Cooper, it kind of feels like when you've got Massey playing playing as an actual winger and you've got Worrell and you've got Sammy Robinson and you've got Cass, do you know what I mean? That can all play in the different positions. Why shoehorn a James Wilson into a mm. right wing space when you could play Sammy Robinson and put Warrell in front of him or you could play Cass and put was in front of him or you could even let's say play Massey in that role so I think we've got a lot of options but James Wilson shouldn't be that option for me he needs to he needs to be central so he he was pretty ineffective over the course of the 90 minutes in terms of creating anything other than them two them two chances and let's be fair the, the, the Harrison one was a clear cut chance and well, Willow should have been count, counting the extra pennies that they will get from an assist bonus, but it, yeah, it was just frustrating um, to to see him there, really. Um, but yeah, o- overall, uh, all right, effort wise, you can't you can't fault that. It's one of the things that I was a bit worried about when we first signed him, but we've had twelve months of consistency from him in terms of. You get a hundred percent of James Wilson when he plays, and he runs himself into the ground for you. And it's, I'm happy with that. But I just want to see him in in that penalty area because that's where he does his damage. Mm. Yeah, I think you know we're obviously we're going to go into the market in January to try and get some more. Um, we've got to reinforce um, what the options we've got up top, and we've really got to. Hopefully, try and find someone that compliments James Wilson and lets him play in his best position, really, rather than having to sort of shoehorn Wilson into somewhere that isn't really, you know, getting the most out of him. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, that that through ball to Harrison reminded me of the one he put on a plate for David Worrell away at Carlisle last season. Just the yeah. weight was just perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was a similar sort of turn as well at Carlisle because he, he he picked it up he picked it up didn't he just to turn to like half turns not even a full turn and, and he was just like right that that's perfect and Harrison literally just needed to bury it and it was just it was, that was really frustrating but that kind it's of summed funny. up our, our game. It's funny you say that. I was looking at um, the club's official Twitter account, posted some photos, still photos of uh, Wilson's goal last week at Plymouth. And you look at how he picks the ball up and sort of pivots and shoots all in one movement. And he's not even on the half turn. He's all facing, I don't know, he's, he's facing not even, uh, maybe just about the touchline rather than sort of near. It was It's amazing how he gets that shot away and just what he can do, just sort of turning in, in one movement and getting something away early. It's just, we need to, we need to, play to his strengths don't we we need to sort of get people around him who will complement what he does um and finally uh johnny it's you again for um the third of the back of the front three uh dennis yeah what do you say about dennis it was 
a big decision to swap him for Butterworth after how he'd been playing recently. But he, he started like he had a point to prove. But sadly, after after that first 15 minutes, that point to prove disappeared. He, he had a decent effort that I think he should have really scored from. And then he, he made a brilliant run down the left, cut in, and then for some reason played the played the pass right behind everyone when Willow was storming in and Harrison was in the middle. So that was frustrating. And then he just disappeared. Like I wouldn't have known he was on after after 20 minutes. And it's he, he's an impact player. And I felt like he did that. I think he impacted the first 20 minutes, but then nothing else. So Yeah. I, I wouldn't be sad to see him go back, but I know a lot of people would be. I have to agree with all of that. I'm still on the fence with the the final sentence. I can't understand why he started. And the only reason I say that is because you're either starting with him or Butterworth. And after last week, and just Butterworth's form at the moment, I can't understand why you'd, you'd drop Butterworth. I guess it is this thing about you know, squad players and I know that keeps being reinforced and and, and and that has worked well for us this season. There's been times where we've all been in uproar when we've heard the team sheet at, at 2 p.m. and then we've all been eating humble pie straight after. But yesterday wasn't that day. Um and the main thing I agree with what you've just said, Johnny, is about him being an impact player. I think he'd he'd work better as a sub, like he did when he was with us before. Um, he did get in some good positions. He started off well, rather like Harrison. But then I thought as the game went on, he sort of got he, he got slower in a way. And I don't mean pace-wise. I mean, he'd, he'd have the ball. And there was a couple of times, that there was one in particular that really stands out, where he was running into the box, two defenders kind of came towards him to close him down and he just held on to the ball for too long and then lost it and I just wanted him to be just a, a, a bit more snappy with his decision making at that point even if it kind of meant going backwards or you know passing on the edge of the, to someone running onto it on the edge of the box but then we, we lost the ball and we lost that chance um, it could, kind of summed it up a bit for me where a minute before he was subbed he fell over in the box. He, he was running into the, the box and then he just like, I don't really know what happened, but he fell over. We lost the ball. And then within 30 seconds, he was subbed alongside other people. Did he kick the I, ball away and get booked as well just before yeah. he got subbed? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think that sums up his afternoon. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's the big thing, isn't it? It's, you, people, people have said, oh, well, you... You can't judge him because he hasn't started, and he, when he does, when he has been played, he's been played out of position, this and the other. He started in his favourite position, and he hasn't done anything for me that says that I that they'd say sign him up. I think he'll be on a higher wage than other people if we're just wanting an impact player off the bench. And since he's been back, he hasn't. Had the, I don't really remember him impacting anything since he's been back. So I'm just I like it'll it, depend but... on the lo- it'll depend on the loan fee, won't it? If we've paid yeah. up and 
you know the money's already gone then it might be that we just have to you know yeah um for me he's a he's an answer without a question (laughs) he's like you know if what what do what where do we put him how do we play him if we're not gonna sort of change to accommodate him you know build a team around him and he probably isn't doing enough to justify changing to accommodate Dennis policy then what do you do you've got to try and work on him to fit to become you know you've you've got to get into his head on the training ground and say right I want you to do this job I want you to these are the runs these are the little movements the slip and slides this is your this is your position now this is what I want you to nail down this this role in my formation and it it just feels as though he's just a bit of a wild card a bit of a sort of when the game's stretched go and um go and play play how you see it rather than sort of this is your role in a formation you know from from the kickoff he's just more of a sort of a late sub when when the game's um all over the place chaos yeah it's a shame because there's, there's a decent player in there as well but like you said, if we're not if if we're not playing the right formation to accommodate him, which I, I think we did on Saturday, and he didn't take the ball by the horns, but the majority of the time we're not. So if we're not if we're not playing there and and such like you've kind of got to like you, you've got to find where he fits in or how he develops, and at the minute we're just not seeing that, and it's. It was harder Saturday because of the form Butterworth's in. I think if if it was if Butterworth started, for example, and Massey was the one that was swapped, you can kind of Massey had a good game against Plymouth, don't get me wrong, but you kind of say over the course of the season he probably it probably deserves that sort of chance and that change. But yeah, because because it was who it was for, it it put a lot more pressure on and I just don't think it was right. Um, there's something I want to ask you because um, you're on the opposite side of the pitch to where I was watching where the cameras are is the chance he had very early on um, might have been the first chance of the game should he have maybe moved it onto his left foot do you think that was something he could have done I I think he made his decision early that he was going to hit it I think as soon as he cut in he made his decision he was going to hit it but he had a lot more time and I think you you either need to hit it hard on low, or it needed to be perfectly positioned, and it and it wasn't either. So it could have, but I think when he had that much time, he's he, he's got up, got it back onto his right, and he, he should be hitting it properly. But he kind of hit it with the outside of his right foot rather than anything else. And it's maybe in a good old fashioned bump would have been better. Put put your toe through it and hope for the best. I'm just asking because he scored two goals, you know, going outside on the left. He scored one against Exeter in the cup, and then he got the one in the trophy against Barnsley, where you know he's taken it outside and he's he's gone in sort of under the keeper or through his near post. And I thought he might have maybe tried the same again, but I don't know. It's just in the heat of the moment, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, it, it, it was it was an interesting one. I just it, it kind of. 
it felt really good early on because it was like he'd got that chance and it kind of felt like do you remember the first one against Exeter in the cup where he went through and Blackman came out and closed him down quickly yeah it felt like it was a good sign it was like politics had gone in the right place he's got this centre off he's he's found this gap between their centre off and their wing back but it just never really materialised again and it then became frustrating so it's just yeah Frustrating, frustrating is how I pretty much sum up my sum, sum up my Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and moving on to the subs, um, I know probably not not one of them has played long enough for a mark, but we do need to cover at least one of the subs off because it was the key moment of the game, really. Um, and it was the last one on Will Forrester, seventy nine minutes on for Dan Jones, who went off injured. And we probably need to talk about him just because of that incident that led to the goal. Yeah, I say I've not I've not watched it back because I went in the ground. I'm saying Will Forrester was weak as piss. I'm saying that it was like it was like watching someone drink a good pint of Fosters. It was just disgusting defending. It was just not for me. He, the lad nudges him, but literally that's it. Nudges him, doesn't doesn't push him, and he just miss he, he just miss. Misread read the flight. He'd spent sixty minutes warming up in front of the away fans with with the kids in front singing Forrester hates Stoke, Forrester is a Vale fan, smiling, clapping, getting involved in the banter sort of thing. So that was lovely to see. Do you know what I mean? That he was like the Vale fans are singing if you hate Stoke City, clap your hands, and Forrester give a little clap. You saw the little cheeky smile, and you know he was doing it to keep everyone on side, sort of thing. But when he came on, you, you thought it's it's big. We we've all bigged him up recently. Everyone everyone's loving him, and he needed to come on and do what Jonesy had been doing. But I just felt like it was soft. Now both of you watched it on TV, and I know Bez has put in the the chat that he's watched it back, and he thinks it's a foul. But I just from yeah. in the ground, I can't I can't see it. I think it was a foul. <clears throat> um. I don't know if Clark he mentioned it after the after yeah, the game. Yeah, he did. He, did. Yeah. he said it, which is which is why I haven't again. Why I, I I I'll watch it back as soon as we finished, and I, well, I say I may change my opinion, but I think it's always nice when we talk about what we've seen in the ground compared yeah. to what you have seen on TV because yeah. it's completely different. It would be good here what you, you you think afterwards. To be fair, the first time when I saw it, I was I was cursing Forrester. I noticed he jumped straight up and he goes powering back to try and you know intercept and, and make up for what's happened. And I did think it was it was Forrester's fault. But you you watch it back and Collins has almost got he's got like his shoulder up and he's. He sort of arm across the side of his body and he, he really does barge straight into him. I do wonder if Jones had, had and I know I've really ran Jones into the ground earlier, which is unusual because I do love Jones. Um, I did wonder if Jones was still on the field, if that, that would have happened. I felt like he was doing a lot of tugging and 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 any to, to the point where you know you're so you're almost worried whether he'd he'd get a booking or or worse and and if that would have would have happened but from what I saw Forrester was fouled and then Collins goes on and scores um 
Stevens perhaps could have made a bit more of it, but I, I don't think it should have got to that point. I, th- I think that the whistle should have gone before then. What did you think, Andy? I think it's it can be stronger, first of all. Um, that's that's one of the big issues we have with it. Um, after that, I think there's a good argument that it's that it is a foul, but the ref had let a lot go physically for both sides, so you can't really... Mm. It's just one of those things, you know. It, um, first of all, it's, it's, a, it's a bouncing ball, isn't it? It's been hooked forward. Um, he's not really got the first one, Forrester. It's, it's, he's, he's too far away for him to sort of meet it before it bounces. And then it's one of those bouncing balls that isn't running through to the keeper. It's sort of either backspin or it's it's just up in the air and coming down and it's just, you're under it, you're under the ball. It's similar to the one uh, we scored from against Charlton where, where Butterworth picks it up and it's just one of those awkward ones that once it bounces, you're in trouble. Um, after that, yeah, there's a good argument that he's um, that he's barged off it in the way you've described it. And there's still a bit for him to do from the edge of the area to score. So it's it's probably part of the learning curve for him. You know, he's he's got to stand up to that because, you know, forwards will do that to you. They'll they'll try and, you know, they'll you've got to give as good as you get. And that's just part and parcel of the game, I suppose. For Forrester, I think it was made worse, well, for us all, the timing of it. You know, if that had happened on 50 minutes, there'd have been real time for us to get back into it. And I did feel like we we really pushed on. It was almost like a cup game, those those final, you know, since we conceded, it, you felt as though we were really pressing and, and pushing forward. And so I think the sad thing for Forrester was really the timing and the game of it. Um whether whether we agree it's a, a foul or not, I think it's going to sit with with him probably today. That you know, wondering whether he could have done more. I'm just watching it now, and considering it's come from their throwing down in the corner, they've won first contact a little bit easily. Then the lad who sort of hooked it over his shoulders found a lot of time and space to do that, and then. I don't know. There's there's probably two or three things you can call out before before it even gets to Forrester. And you know we're 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 playing a bit of a high line, so it's it's gone in behind, sort of about thirty yards out. It's bounced. He can't really help it from bouncing. But then, um, then the second well, the second one he's he's got to he's got to win the header or at least do better to not be bullied and and then maybe the referee doesn't see it because he's far away the referee's in the center circle because it's um well he's gone he's gone down the line from a throw in and they've just hooked it forward so i don't know you can't you can't rely on the referee to do your defending for you can you i mean if if he, if he doesn't see something he doesn't see it yeah i suppose it brings us on to the ref I'd, I'd, i'm not blaming him for you know for us losing all three points because ultimately we should have made more of the chances that we had in the opening 15 minutes. Um, and, you know, if, if other things had gone our way, I think we deserved the point. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not blaming him, but 
you know, be interested to hear what what Johnny thinks. But for overall for the ref, I think you were right in what you said, Andy, that he let a lot go. I did think Jones was was really lucky at times because he was all over their two strikers. He was all over them. There was he, he was tugging at the shirt. He you know he had his arm around him and. and I'm kind of pleased about that because I'm a, I'm a Vale fan and he probably kept him quiet for longer during the game. But I think as a neutral, you would sort of spot that. And I do think ultimately, um, just you know, just before that goal, I think there was a foul on Forrester. They they the two main things that stand out for me with the the ref. What did you think, Johnny? I was just watching the highlights back. Um, just, just so, so I could have a look at it. Um, yeah, I think it was definitely a push on him. I think you can see the arm, the arms extended. So it, it, he's got that wrong. He should have booked Jones and Stevens in the first half of time wasting. Um, he had a word with both of them, and I'm pretty surprised to see not one of them go in the book for it over the course of the ninety minutes. I think he missed a lot of things, and it just summed it up by. In the second half, where he gave that free kick against Smithy, when Smithy had gone up front, where their their centre half launched Smithy in the back, Smith then collided in the back of their other midfielder that was going for the header, and he gives a free kick against Smith for a foul, and it's like Smith had no clue where he was because he'd been pushed. So it was just it was a poor refereeing decision, but I don't think the referee affected the results in terms. Of yes, I know that it was probably a free kick, and if we get the free kick, the goal doesn't come. But we we still weren't good enough in that game to over the course of ninety minutes to probably deserve anything from it. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's it's fair. It's just I don't know. It's just a bit of a frustrating afternoon all round. Certainly, probably. I don't know, more frustrated with uh, Vale than, than the ref anyway. Just one of those afternoons where it didn't really get going properly. But yeah, hey-ho. exactly. And I, th- I think that sums it up, doesn't it? It didn't get going, but every game's a project, as Clarky likes to tell us. Things will go wrong this season. Think, things will go, go well. I think Goodwin summed it up today as we were driving back because we stopped with my uncle's, um, who lives in Swindon, to watch the England game with him. Um, that days like yesterday are the reason why Plymouth the week before was so good. Because if you if you don't know how it feels to to, to play shit and get beat, you, you know you're never going to realise what playing well and winning feels like properly. So we move on. We've got two two big home games now, um, just before Christmas. Um, and obviously the pizza trophy on Tuesday. So we've got three three more games this side of Christmas now. So before just before that, before you move on, uh, you mentioned Clark earlier. I need to ask you for a mark out of ten for him. Oh God. Um yeah. Um five. Four, four, four. Okay, it's four. Wrong start in eleven. Um subs weirdly timed and placed I know I know Massey and Butterworth came on at 60, 60-ish minutes but it, 
I just, yeah, I, I just, you could always see that Harrison was was struggling at that point. So maybe make the same two subs, but leave Willow on for the next fifteen minutes, and then bring Mipo on a bit later. Um, but yeah, it's just a little irritating, a little annoying, but it just wasn't. It wasn't his his or our day. I think, I think that sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, and another thing, just just obviously credit to the Bristol Rovers fans as well. The 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 pause on the 18th minute, Clark he obviously acknowledged people and everything for that, so that was really nice. Um, but yeah, it was. I think that that's a good place to end. The obviously good set of fans, and it, it seemed seemed like that we've got a good relationship with them, regardless of them not moving the kickoff. Forward an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go on, go on, Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say absolutely. I think I mentioned on the pod in the the preview. You, I do feel warm towards Bristol Rovers. I think, you know, when we were sort of fighting the playoffs to go up at the end of last season, they were, they were, yeah, they were already up because they had that. They scored like 10 goals or something to have done last game of the season and everything sort of went for them. And then all of a sudden they were they were supporting us. And it's definitely, you know, it's that connection with Clarkie and, and what they did on 18 minutes. It sort of brings everything back, puts everything into perspective. And, and Vale fans were joining in too, obviously. So, yeah, I, I do, you know, I wish them luck for the season, really, just as long as it doesn't mean... <clears throat> They get another three points from us later in the year. Yeah, you can say that again. We don't need another. We don't need don't need that in his lives, do we? But yeah, it's we, we we draw a line under it. We move on and we say bad day at the office. I think and overall there'll be there'll be learnings from it as they as they like to say, won't we? Yeah, we dust ourselves down and we go again, don't we? Yeah, I think I think that's key, isn't it? So, um, Tuesday, Tuesday, if it well, yeah, if it's on, um, the, the weather <laughs> seems to be a a little beast. You're obviously going, Andy. It's, it's your your own game. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I work in Salford. I'll be in the office on Tuesday, although I work in a completely different part of Salford, and it, it's it's an absolute pig to get to the bit of Salford where they actually play. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm daft enough to go. Um, I mean, Salford was off yesterday with a frozen pitch and the weather doesn't look like it's getting any better. So I'm not sure it's going to be playable by the time we get to Tuesday. So we might have it rearranged for, I don't know when, hopefully not the week after, hopefully not the week right up to going up to Christmas. I don't really want that in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just won't go. I'll take the points and move on. <laughs> oh yeah, Kirst. Anything that you want to add to the the game at all? Just it's um, <clears throat> this is what we love about football. You've got a big high last week. Just think how we all were buzzing on the back of that. <laughs> I thought we were going into the playoffs before this game, and then this is why we support you know, our club and why we love the Vale because, yeah, it's brought us all back down to earth. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not down, disappointed, depressed about our season. I think we're, we're in a really good position and we draw a line under it and we go again. 
that's it. Instead, I know we've got like a, there's one league game before Christmas, but if someone would have said, well, "Let's have a quick look. What's what's the worst that could happen?" We could, we potentially could be fifteenth if the worst happened on Christmas Day. You'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, and we'd have taken that at the start of the season for sure. I hope we don't finish there because I think we've had spells of excellence at the start of this season, but it is a marathon, it's not a sprint. We keep being told that. Um, and it's just about putting it in perspective, but it, it's it's tough, I think, particularly for those people who, who travelled there yesterday and, and those people who missed some of the England game or like you had to stop off because you wanted to see both. And, and then you watch England and you've got the disappointment from that. Like, I do feel particularly for those for those supporters, but that is why we support our our side. That's why we love the Vale, and these are the things when we're you know looking back at the whole of the season. That that's one of the games that'll stand out, and certainly in December, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, you know, it looks pretty tight just below us in the table. I mean, we've got a good buffer between us and the bottom four, but I think it's quite tight down to about Cheltenham. I think four points. So, but we've got uh, two home games that you'd look at and you'd, you'd back yourselves to win. So, um, weather permitting, we just got to get back on the horse and, and, and concentrate on Project Accrington on Saturday. Yeah, weather permitting is 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 the key, isn't it? Now it's that time of year again, and yeah, I, I, I hope it's not off. Accrington won't bring many anyway on a Saturday, but. I, Playing them on a Tuesday would just be grimace, won't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got it in my calendar as a bit of a sort of a Christmas um, um, drinks with with the people I go Vale with. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd really could do with it on. I'm sure there's plenty of um, pub landlords that could do with it on as well, considering it's been a few weeks since the last home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. that's it. Talking about pub landlords that could do with it on it, that's that's almost like you plan that. Johnny's bar will be open in in the week, um, so get yourselves down there if you can. Um, we've seen that Andy's Andy PVFC that does the that sponsors for the away travel. That's he's been doing really well. So if you need a taxi to the airport because you're going away over Christmas, then give it give him a little shout. And um, we would say home choose carpets for your carpets, but. We're not hundred percent sure if one of the one one of the members is going to be in um, any fit state anytime soon to lay anything. So, well, tell them Bez sent you if you do ring them, and um, we'll we'll sign off there. Bad day at the office, but pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and we go again. So enjoy your week. Um, if you're going to Salford, if it's on, enjoy that. Um, good chance for us to get some free January transfer window coffers. Um, to sign to sign Victor Adebayo from Burton, um, <laughs> and yeah, have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah.
There we go. So automate delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.